you're listening to Dramas Over Flowers. This is an episode of The Long Yak with Saya, Anissa and Boromir. Hi, I'm Saya. In this episode, we'll be looking back at our month of dramas new and old. Join us as we discuss the good, the bad and the appallingly mediocre. You can find transcripts for The Long Yak on our blog, check out the links in the description. And as always, huge thanks to K-Drama Daydreamer for working so hard to bring them to you. This podcast is a project by fans for fans. If you want to be a part of making that dream grow, there are a whole load of ways to help. You can share our episodes on fan sites and social media, you can talk about the podcast to your drama-loving friends, or you can leave a review on iTunes or whichever app or platform you use to listen to us. And if you want to help us keep our lights on, you can check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash dramasoverflowers. Finally, you can get in touch with us with your thoughts and ideas. We're always reading the comments on YouTube and Drama Beans, but you can also tweet at us at dramasoverflow, or email us at dramasoverflowers at gmail.com. And that's it from me. Belt up and enjoy the episode. It's called The Long Yak for a reason. Before we jump in, we wanted to welcome our newest Patreon members, Shosha, Hamda and MCG. You guys are amazing and are insane for supporting us. Thank you so much. And to show you how grateful we are, we're going to try and stick to our regular schedule from the next episode. Though, no promises. <laughs> All right, on to the episode. So I go, so I go, so I go, I need it. So I go, so I go, so I go, I need it. Hi everyone, this is Saya. This is Anissa. And this is Parama. So how's everyone doing? It's hot. <laughs> <laughs> School is out, so I actually have time to watch dramas. So I have like more to contribute Yay. this month, which I'm excited about. Sarah? Well, I've been cheating on K-dramas by watching like other stuff. Some of <gasps> the even shock horror in like German. Crazy. <gasps> I think I have never done before. But yeah, what can you do? Season two of Dark came out, so Ooh. I am sitting here with my mind shattered into 10,000 glittering, screaming pieces <laughs> and like trying to figure out how I can like wait until next year. <laughs> this is why I watch K-dramas. Although I'm waiting for Signal, so I guess that failed. Uh, yeah. I, I kind of cheated too, I guess. I mean, I, I watched a few Chinese dramas, which I haven't done in a while. I watched uh, this one on Netflix called um, Well-Intentioned Love. And um, another one called General and I, because I was trying to look up like historical fantasies, uh, like Chinese historical fantasies with happy endings. And General and I are <laughs> supposed to have this. <laughs> I didn't know you had to do that. Do those exist? So, yeah, they exist. I, I have watched four of them and two oh, of wow. them are actually worth watching. <laughs> so Okay, yeah. The problem with Chinese dramas is that they have such a long episode count that it's yeah. hard to like make that. Yeah, commitment. I know. So I'm I'm like about thirty episodes in with wow. Jenna and I and I think I still have some twenty, twenty five episodes to go and it's just I'm so exhausted right now. Like I love the drama. But things keep happening and like I, I know that this, because there are like, it, it's one of those dynasty spanning things. Like there are wars happening between countries and there, there is this strategist from one clan and a general from another clan who are like very clever people 
who often tend to find themselves on the other side of the war from each other and they're basically strategizing to defeat each other but they know each other so well that they can pretty much you know anticipate each other's moves and it's 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 like they flirt through battle and it's like people are dying <laughs> but they are scoring points <laughs> okay <for each> other. <laughs> but it's it's kind of fun and really romantic in that whole you know like epic saga way but on the other hand people are dying so yeah <laughs> Okay. Well, I'm sorry. I'm already like exhausted enough by the wars instigated by my own country in real life. So um yeah. Those are those are. But hey, and then I started watching Well-Intentioned Love, which because Netflix kept recommending it to me and I was like, "Fine, I'll watch it." And it's such a head spinner, man. I couldn't stop watching it, but it's so problematic. Is, isn't it like really messed up? Yeah, this is what I've heard. I heard I heard people like raging about it. I mean, I saw them. So here's the thing, you know those uh, uh and this is like a very it's it's a sundry trope where you have this rich um guy usually in a higher position of power sort of using his power to manipulate the heroine into a relationship with him. Sometimes it's blackmail, sometimes it's something else. What this guy does is tricks the heroine into thinking that she has a fatal disease and she doesn't. Wow. So she agrees to marry him and she wow. falls in love with him and he genuinely loves her and all of that but he can't stop manipulating her and lying to her. So that's the that's the Isn't actual that love? what is the happy ending to that? The happy ending is is that if you have the patience for it is that she finds out and she, for a period she hates him and she makes him suffer and basically draws him through coal and he promises not to do shit like that and then he kind of does it. How do you undo that? For me it's it's all about how it's represented. You can't show behavior like that and make it heroic. You have to show that it's problematic. Right. And while I wouldn't say that the drama sufficiently showed that it was problematic, the hero in the drama changes to the point where he absolutely refuses to ever lie to her or like the problem that she kept having with him was that he would uh, sort of like go behind her back to find out things about her. Like he would have people follow her and stuff like that. and he stopped doing that to the point where if she wanted to not tell him anything he would respect her boundary which was shown as the character development for the hero so i'm all for that except i'm not, even when the hero was doing shit things like lying to her he was not exactly shown in in a bad light like we all knew he was doing something wrong but we were already geared towards forgiving him because the actor playing him played it in such a vulnerable way like he he's so in love with her the and he's so telling been, you but this is the hero he's not that bad he doesn't really the show is telling you that, that like listen he's had like a rough childhood he's okay. been brought up by this autocratic father he doesn't know any other way of okay uh, i mean it doesn't excuse people, it but... except <laughs> Yeah. Exactly that's my point it it doesn't yeah. excuse it so you have to show it as like a really bad thing which yeah. the drama doesn't but i couldn't stop watching it because damn it these two were so cute together and they've been they were married for majority of the drama and that's one of my um what do you call it catnips like those uh, contract oh, marriages oh me too don't tell me this i don't want to be like them so it's, it's a contract marriage <laughs> drama and the thing is It's it's super super sweet how they fall in love with each other. So it's like damn it, like I know the premise is problematic, but their relationship is so cute. And at no point does their uh, chemistry ever lag. 
like towards the end though that some really bizarre shit starts happening cuz it's something like i i i think like 25 30 episodes so like he loses his memory at one point and like she um <laughs> gets kidnapped i think twice or thrice um and this step brother from somewhere pops up and it just yeah a lot of <laughs> <laughs> insanity <laughs> which makes you, know, you forget you know, what the initial reminds was we always complain that 16 episodes is too long for a rom-com but like 30 episodes this this does not need to but be but you have to understand something in 16 episodes in korean dramas a lot is happening in the first 16 episodes for a chinese drama you're barely, you're barely yeah, you're barely you barely you you just so have slow, which is why i have a hard time watching i them. also yeah i have to agree with that i find them slow too <laughs> uh, yeah so should we start with the korean dramas now? i guess we should <laughs> i like how you managed to sneak the chinese drama in <laughs> well, if we're talking we actually- about non-korean stuff that we watched then i have to mention um always be my maybe because Oh, you I watched it! Out. I watched it when it came what out. It? Um, actually, I, I I don't really watch movies during Ramadan usually, so I watched it like on Eid, the night before we like the night before Eid, <laughs> the night of Eid. <laughs> um, yeah, it was cute. It's like really cute and funny, and it's just really um, bizarre and amazing to see uh, Asian Americans falling in love. Right. No, I I really like Randall Park, but I'm um the the main lead. What's her name? The Ali Wong. Yeah. Uh, so I've watched Ali stand up before, and I haven't found her super funny. It's just her her uh you know like her genre of jokes are not my thing. Yeah, I don't love her stand up. Um, but she was really charming and really funny in this, and it's a little bit. It's like a tiny bit TV movie because you know the director um, and the and the writers worked mostly on TV before this, um, but I didn't mind. It was like such a charming rom com, and the cast of characters was really interesting and charming, and the two of them were adorable together. And it was so much, so many like small details of like growing up as a kid of immigrants, and it showed three like it showed how they've had like very different experiences it wasn't like what only had one experience I mean you can just see the attention to detail and how like you know everybody takes off their shoes before they go in the house and like you know the food and the relationships and so that was really nice it was just a very it was a very happy experience to watch oh also Keanu Reeves best (laughs) candy I've ever seen in my life I'm not going to say anything else because like that would spoil it but you should go Ah, Keanu Reeves is everywhere now yeah also the the song during the end the end credits I was dying like listen to the end credits watch the end credits okay yeah done all right so shall we get back to Korean dramas guys yes you must (laughs) (laughs) And we start with Angel's Last Mission or My One Love, Dan. Are you all up to date? I haven't watched uh, the latest episode. Like, so I've watched up to epi- the end of episode 10 and or 20, depending on how you're counting. Is that yesterday yeah, or today? That's last I, week. I just watched yesterday. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. I've just, I managed to squeeze in watching yesterday. So you have watched 11 hour uh, long I think episodes, so, yeah. And yeah. I have watched 10. So I don't know. So my last scene was of the, the big moment with the, the flying yeah 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 me too what do you guys think about the premise and like the mythology and the uh, way the world is set up 
The mythology is completely nonsensical and it makes me angry. But I'm not watching it for that. <laughs> yeah, we're all watching for Shin Hyesun, basically. Yeah. But exactly. have I actually said Jeez. enough about the mythology to, to, like, they have kept it pretty abstract, right? What do we know about the life of angels and what their mission is? Well, I have, I do, I have a big problem with the, um, I don't want to use the word theology, but let's say the in-show theology. Because it's, it doesn't make sense for a start. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't establish rules. And like rules are really important because that's mm-hmm. where the consequences come from. Like we don't know what he's meant to be doing or what he's doing wrong or what will happen if he does this and that. And it's just, it's very, you can't really figure out where he's meant to be going as a, a character in his sort of arc as an angel. <laughs> I did enjoy that pun. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's very, like, weird because they're taking bits of Christian uh, theology and, like, you know, lore about angels. But then, like, the writer seems to kind of want to do their own thing as well. And it's, like, mixing elements from, you know, Buddhism and fantasy. It's such an unforgiving doctrine as well, which kind of, you know, I, I don't like that, I guess. And... You know, I, get, I suppose as uh, as people who believe in God, it might be different. Like, I'm I'm not saying like it blasphemous or, to me or anything, but it's just like I feel sad watching it, thinking this is what you think of God. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know what you mean. Like, it's very merciless, and it's very um, yeah. It's like the most harsh imag- like punishment that you could ever imagine. And there's no forgiveness, and there's no mercy, and there's like literary guns that are angels are shooting. Like, what? But like that, you know that scene with the harmony and um, the the old angel. I found right. that really cruel, and I was like, you know, I would be done with this god right away after this. It was yeah, and it doesn't fit with the the idea of God that like Dunn has been talking about this whole time. You know, yeah. Like I, f- I feel like it will be addressed later. Like maybe there's some kind of grand plan that will be revealed as you know God's mercy. But I guess I don't like the idea of having a God that plays games with humans. There is this uh, sort of like a subtle, not 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 sort of a subtle arc, but sort of like a background tone of like God has a bigger plan that you're not seeing because Dan being given a mission to uh, find love for Yonso, whom he was connected to as a child, that has to be part of like God's larger plan. So that is kind of implied just through the basic premise. Like God has to have like a larger, why was he allowed to remember his past as a child when no other angel does? So it's those things kind of hint at a larger plan that we just haven't figured out. And that this, they are trying to create high stakes by showing us that moment, that moment in the fields when the older angel is like turned to dust because... But the thing is that he also was allowed to stay with the human for a year and she was a very old woman and she was going to possibly die pretty soon. But it's just, you know, like, it's not merciless, this world. Like, there are rules. The rules are enforced by angels. Why, why, the, why some angels have guns? I am, that, that is beyond me. And why would something that should hurt an angel hurt a human is also like... Yeah, that was completely <laughs> nonsensical. Yeah. And when, when like, Jukabu is like suddenly immortal now, like, I don't get that. 
No, he's yeah, exactly. human. Why was why, how, why was he? But... He's human, but he can't die. So that's like that's not yeah, really I think, human. I think the end game for the show um is like a kind of redemption slash mercy, uh, happy ending for all of them. Uh, you know, whether that's Ji Kang or whether that's um L who oh done um and whether that's Yonso. Like I I feel like it does want to set up that oh actually no you know you were wrong all along this is the plan and it is like a merciful happy ending type of plan i don't see how how kangwoo can ever have like a happy ending given how tragic his love story was like he he saw the girl the human that he fell in love with rather than oh. happy ending as in he'll make his peace with everything and he'll I, I, like i feel like ultimately there'll be a return to you know the deity yeah but the problem is his conflict is too too harsh like the that scene when he was walking like he, he was in the cathedral with his his yonsu or yonsu um i i forget the what was the name of the other girl matilda uh, look like matilda or something so uh, he he said to the older that you you would not have let me love her if this was not you know part of your plan and then he walks out thinking that he could just give up being an angel and be with her because god had allowed it. allowed him to love her yeah and then that thing happened so i don't see how how anyone can go back to yeah so why don't yeah. we wait on this mythology part <laughs> until we've seen the whole yeah. because i feel like we're just going to be like arguing and speculating endlessly True. and talk about how amazing shinhae-san is because i just oh, feel like gush about that for a just, while how does she just keep getting better? She is so amazing. Oh my gosh. And I'm really impressed with Elle as well. Like, he's not looking shabby next to her. He, well, when he needs to show a lot of emotion, it's still a little painful for me to watch. But otherwise... <laughs> yeah, and his fresh-faced thing just seems to work next to... Because I think we, with two very intense actors, it would have been too much. It brings a little relief. Yeah. Right? It's that exactly. dumpling. Yeah. I think his dimple just does everything. I started calling these two dimples and grumpy in my mind. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> they're so cute. They are. I, really. I I like the I like the last episode, like the one before the the one with the flying. Um, <laughs> because I'm sorry, I, I burst out laughing with the flying. I I just cannot get over the CGI. It's so bad. <laughs> it's so bad. This is like sort of um Superman, the original ones. Where, yeah. You know, oh my god, that's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, but you know what I'm really enjoying watching his own character, aside from like how just everything she's gone through and how she handles herself. Her, her anger, her dignity, all of those things are amazing. But her in love is just so... I just... I, I, it just it, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's such a fully realized, interesting, like, intense, adorable... Yeah. Uh, they have that one scene uh, in a recent episode where they're sitting, I think, at the atrium or something, like, next to a lot of plants. I don't know what that is. And she kind of, like, she's trying to ask him, where did you go off to? What's your secret? And he's kind of, like, fudging and, like, hemming and hawing. And she kind of pulls his chair closer. And uh, she's like, you know, you are the most important thing to me. And that's just because it just... I love that. 
And then he was like, I'm fine, I'm fine. And she's just like, you're not fine, give me a hug. Yeah. His, his, his face was just like this tiny ball of just like, and he's like, oh, yeah. I love that she knows herself so, so well. And it like, it showed like the way that um, Shin Hyesun plays this character is is showing a character who knows herself like to the deepest degree. Yeah. And it's like it's really it's amazing. I do not know how she does that or where she gets I that also, from. Yeah, I also really love the ballet stuff. I think like where the mythology really doesn't work that well for me, the ballet stuff really works well. And even the metaphor of Giselle and the you know like her playing out this play where the main character is lying to her and she's being betrayed by it. And while that's like kind of playing out in her real life where he's keeping this huge secret from her. And then they have this one scene where where she's like talking about how she would feel if the other person was lying to her. And, and he was saying, well, like maybe he did want to tell her and he just like couldn't find the right timing. And she's like, but if you don't tell me, that's if you don't tell her, that just means that you don't trust her love. Yeah, I love how it's like a, a, a way for them to talk about their own re- uh, relationship. Yes. And it's such a like big repudiation of noble idiocy like not telling (laughs) the other person something quote unquote for their own good just means that you don't trust them to like be there with you if you actually like are real with them Mm -hmm. so it's like you're trusting your yourself more by deciding that you're going to make the decision on behalf of both of you so i love that i'm so happy that somebody has finally said that in a drama gosh yes yeah that that is amazing but here's the thing i don't quite understand what else character what dan is thinking because on the one hand, I don't want him to be a noble idiot and like walk away, which I think he's most likely going to do But the number of times week. he's walked away, I'm actually really annoyed. Yeah, but Madlab, he, he came back, right? Last, last week. How and many times is, is he going to keep going and coming back? Uh, uh. Good question. But he does have a really epic dilemma because it's yeah. not so much that because right now he's thinking that the worst that can happen is I'll be turned to dust. And Yonso's heart would be broken, but at least this way I can be with her for a little while. He thinks that's the worst that can happen. Would um, Kang Woo could tell him at some point that the worst that could happen was you would you would stay alive and she would die. Mm-hmm. And with if if that is put to him, there's no way he's going to stay with her. We we already know that. So it's yeah, no, I I understand. I mean, in most noble idiocy cases, I'm just like so mad at whoever is being an idiot but in this case I kind of get why he would vacillate I just find it tiring as a viewer to watch a character apparently flip-flop even if there's good reasons it's like even if narratively you can understand the reasons when there's so much back and forth in the main relationship it just like makes you feel Tired. Like you're, you're tired and you start not caring as much because you're like well right. he left well he's gonna come back anyway so like who's like here? it damages the impact that like if you sort of hold them in reserve and use your comings and goings like exactly well, then they have more impact but it's if you're like, just like willy-nilly throwing them around it's like couples who like every time they have a fight they're like i'm gonna divorce you <laughs> <laughs> I hate to bring that up. It's just, I know that there are couples like that. But like the 10th time. Or like, you sometimes you see couples who are like, all, every time they have a fight, they're like dating and they're like, fine, let's break up. And then they break up and then like a week and later. And they're back together again. There's like no impact anymore. Yeah. It's an endless like, cycle. It loses its meaning. Exactly. And also because she doesn't doesn't know anything, like as far as she can see, this that, dude's that, coming and That going. is really annoying me at this point. Like she needs to find out like ASAP. 
I really want her to know. Yeah. I, I do too. Because right now she's been passive for too long and her character, it, it just doesn't suit her character to be passive. Mm-hmm. She's always been taking like active steps. Like she's been taking control of her life in whatever way she could. And like dance put her in a spot where she is just passively waiting for him to decide. And that's just not working. Ooh, ooh. I was totally, totally shocked. To, to find out that it wasn't her aunt who was behind all of the death, uh, um, what's it called? Um, the murder attempts. The, that yeah. was, I was like, I did not expect that. I didn't expect I expected that. Like, we've, we've already seen how psychotic the aunt's daughter, the older daughter yeah, is. I, th- I thought she was sort of is. picking Luna, up the slack, like, recently. I didn't know she had gone so far back. Since the like, dinner party on the boat, I kind of knew she was... Yeah, exactly. And plus, her, yeah. the, the aunt had a conversation with Runa where mentally she was like, did you try to kill her? Like, she, she's asking that, like, she's looking at her daughter and isn't able to verbalize it. But she's yeah. like, did you cause the accident? Like, she's asking, like, she's thinking that in her mind. Mm-hmm. So by that time, you already know that the aunt isn't, like, primarily responsible. Like, even though she did that horrible thing where she wouldn't let the cornea donation happen. But that was the extent of her evil machination. Um, what the daughter did was literally try to have um, Yonso murdered and did cause the death of somebody. That she killed her parents too. Yeah. Oh dear lord, uh, what? Do you, I mean, do you see what I'm saying? The like her parents died terrible. under mysterious circumstances and like now that but, that... But wasn't, wasn't Yonso like 17 or 18 when that happened? Yeah, yeah but Runa was very older. young. Still was older in her 20s. Yeah. Which oh, is dear Lord. Yeah, exactly. Ah. This is how scary she is. And the, the scariest thing I right now, because this is a minor spoiler, Anisha, is is that how her motivation, Runa's motivation is entangled with Nina's um, inability to have any confidence in herself. Like the more Nina hates Yunsu, the more Runa is right. motivated to hurt Yunsu. And it's just... Yeah, it, it really makes hate. sense, but it's yeesh. <laughs> With the Nina character as well, it's like you know they keep on saying it, like it, it, they keep blasting it in your face. Oh, she's so kind. She's so nice. She's so sweet. She's not kind. She's she not let that kitten all. be just left on the street and drive there. That's not kindness. What kind of kindness is that? She's not nice. She's, she's just not. Weak. She's insecure. Yeah, and insecure and yeah, yeah weak. But I feel like they want us to think that she's... Um, the way that it's like um, presented to you is like they genuinely think she's a nice girl. I think my issue with this really drama not. overall... Yeah, I think my issue with this drama overall is that like apart from Yenso, who like is amazing in every aspect and like the way her character's written, everything. But everyone else... Not so much. I just... This writer doesn't give me confidence that they're going to finish the story in a way or that that the that the characters are going to have like the kind of arc that is going to be satisfying at the end. So I, yeah, I sort of understand what you're saying. Yeah, like where, in some senses, it's rare to not know what to expect. And in some senses, that's nice. But on the other hand, it also just makes me feel like this writer doesn't even know where she's going or where this story is going to end up. And like that's not inspiring a lot of like confidence. But she and does make it just, worth it. <laughs> Who the uh, Shinhyesan yeah. does make it worth it. I'm, I'm I'd, I'd watch this till the end, even though the rest For of her the performance fall apart. Yeah. yeah. So the writer also wrote Lucky Romance. Mm. Which okay. one was that? 
Also, one with them, Hong Jung Um and yeah, and uh, Virginia. Yeah. Oh, yeah. the really bad one that everybody hated. Yeah. Yeah. Any final thoughts? Yeah. Um, I know you like the uh, ballet stuff. But, uh, I like the ballet politics, and um, everybody else in the ballet corp is obviously very talented as dancers. But Shin Hye Sun is so obviously, uh, like she she seems to be a trained dancer, but like she's more of a sort of like uh, she she's more into performance arts than she is into actual dancing. Like I mean, she's not a she's clearly not a ballerina. She doesn't have a yeah. She doesn't have a ballet background. And the thing is that she's supposed to be this amazing ballerina, and the way they show and it kind is of by doing it, it's frustrating. <laughs> Yeah. It is really frustrating. Like, just use body doubles to show some yes. stuff, man. Because it just we it there have been like I don't I think about half a dozen episodes now that we haven't seen anything, and I'm I'm forgetting that she's supposed to be this amazing ballerina. Because Nina, on the other hand, does do her own uh, twirls and stuff. That so actress you, is a ba- uh, ballerina. Right, she is an actual yeah. ballerina. Yeah. So so it's just like she's she's supposed to be not as good as Shin Hae-sun and while Shin Hae-sun's performance is epic like her expressions like in that last the competition thing her, her, her expressions are amazing which is great but she did not do I, I don't know man I, I don't know much about ballet but none you know, of that was even remotely related to ballet it was completely performance arts I mean never mind just I'm just saying I just like, as, a, as know, a layman audience <laughs> as much okay. as I love Shin Hae-sun I was wondering um why they didn't cast someone like Wang Ji-won who does have a ballet background and is a very good and actor. she would have been really good in this role yeah she would have done that whole spiky you know and I, yeah and I want her to get a lead role already yeah yeah, so, but the thing is, just if you guys remember the opening scene, they did use body doubles and do like the dance segments so that it seemed as if Shin Hae-san was dancing. They could have they done had, that a lot more. Maybe it's a budget thing. I or mean, maybe it's had, a live shoot thing. Oh yeah, it could be. If they okay. wanted to have an actress um, who, like, who was a good actress and also did ballet, won't you want? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, so. I want to talk about perfume, which like, I think I'm the only one out of the three of us that watched it, but I watched one episode and I was very like hesitant about this when we talked about it last month, but it's so much worse than I was expecting. (laughs) It's the worst. It's the, like any type of like full body makeover drama or movie that you have watched or can imagine, like this is like the worst incarnation of that. So like, the the character is played by Ha Suk, and she's like an older woman. She's heavier, endlessly mocks her appearance, her weight, her life. It starts out with her like, basically, um, her husband is cheating on her, and she just like is about to kill herself. But as revenge, and it's also like played for laughs that she's suicidal. And it, it's like really weird. And then like suddenly she finds this magical perfume. That makes her y- her into her young skinny self again, um, and then she goes to this like fashion makeover. No, sorry, it's Shin Sung Rook's like premiere of his fashion show, and then like the first half an hour of him, you just see him like abusing everyone on his set, and like there's they all have to basically live or die according to his multiple requirements that he has because of his like different phobias and allergies, which is okay but like you could be kinder about it but then like his lead performer has just had like 
disc surgery and she can't wear heels and he's like you're ruining the line of the dress where he and she like has to be taken out on a stretcher to the er because of that because he doesn't care and then like the heroine ends up like subbing in for it but then she faints and he leaves her on the street by herself next to piles of garbage when she's unconscious and then like the way that the the perform the transformation happens like she has to take the perf- she has to like put the perfume on each time to transform but then like when she falls asleep she becomes her old self again but it's so like it's so gross because the way that they portray her is like when she goes back to her old self now she's like ripping through the clothes that she was wearing when she was skinny and then like there's this one really egregious scene where she's like her body is expanding, quote unquote, as she falls asleep. But it's literally like some kind of like prop that they're using. So she's like ballooning and her clothes are, it's just like so disrespectful. And it's like the, the drama itself is laughing at her body. And it's just really, really, I just was so upset by it. And the other thing is that I think we're supposed to buy that Shin Song Rock is like a terrible person because he has all these like disabilities and stuff. But Usually disability doesn't make you into a cruel person who's like evil. And I feel like that's such a disservice to people who actually have these kinds of disabilities to portray them as like unable to normally interact with regular people. And so like, I don't know. I just, I'm just like, it made me so mad and I'm not even being very coherent about this, but I just, it's really upsetting. Yeah, after your sort of roundup of it on Twitter, I just, I couldn't bring myself to watch it. Especially, yeah. you know, like, Hajisuk, she's wonderful. It's I have never seen to Hajisuk. Like, she deserves to be in a good drama where, like, her body and her appearance and her age and, like, all of it isn't, like, mocked endlessly. And it's not just, like, that the characters are treating her badly, but it's, like, the camera is... Right. You know, like, the the gaze of the drama is, like, you're ugly and fat and disgusting and, Mm. like, you don't deserve to live. Like, that was so awful. I find, like, casual fat phobia, I guess, uh, is the right word. Like, the casual fat phobia in sort of K-N in general is very, uh, like, ubiquitous. It's Mm. always, like, even if you're watching, whatever you're watching, variety shows in particular, I think, are extra cruel about this. Really ubiquitous. But this is so much worse than that. Uh, yeah, it's, I, I can't bring myself to watch it. Yeah, and as, as somebody who's, like, so deathly allergic to perfume in real life, I'm, like, extra offended by this whole thing. And it's and it's also, like, a waste of Shin Sung-rook and, um, is it go on Who's the... Yeah. yeah, both of them are great actors. They don't deserve to be in this trashy piece of poo. Do not recommend. Burn it with <laughs> fire. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and boycott. Oh, the other thing that makes me angry is that, like, the cast is is so amazing. Like, even her ex, even her husband that she's, like, trying to divorce and or hide from in her new body is played by this amazing character actor who's been in, like, so many of my favorite things and has played so many of my favorite, like, ensemble characters. He was the, you know, the husband from the divorced couple in Romance is a Bonus Book? Ooh, ooh, I love love him. him. Oh, him. He's he's crashing (laughs) this. He's the trashy, horrible. Anyway. He's good at being trash. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's good at being everything. But anyway, yeah. this is that waste of all these actors. So anyway, let's end it there. So 
Arthur Earl Chronicles. Now, <laughs> I don't know what it is about dramas uh, this month that uh, there are a few that I really like that the rest of the net doesn't seem to be too happy with. And uh, Arthur is getting uh, a bit of a blowback, I guess, because there are elements of it that look similar to other fantasy genre um, dramas, uh, like Game of Thrones, for instance, is being brought up a lot. And here's the thing. Um, I'm of sorry, all, Game of Thrones is so generic for fantasy. It is Have super they never seen generic, fantasy right? That's exactly my point. Like, As if Game of Thrones just, invented that aesthetic. Exactly, and it did not. <laughs> it did not, exactly. And the thing is that just because... See, here's the thing. The characters are wearing clothes that are not from Joshan era, I suppose, which is how like most historical fantasy characters are dressed. Fine. So what does it matter? They're, they are... This particular drama is placed in this bizarre era, which is like, it must be thousands of years ago. And also, this is it's kind fantasy, of mythical, so too. It doesn't, yeah. It, it's, it's a weird cross between Stone Age and Bronze Age. And like, if most and they people look like hunter gatherers. Yeah. Uh, not wearing quite. Like most people are hunter gatherers, but some people have figured out farming. And not just farming, they have gone from farming straight into nation building. I mean, it, they have basically just squished <laughs> about a thousand years of development into it's just like, like, I don't know, a couple of years. A big step it's, for mankind, the right? The idea of a nation has only been around for like 600 years. So uh, from pretty much the very beginning, they have been portending the end of the era that they were living in then. Oh, this fictional, uh, let's call it the Asadal era, because I don't know that it, it is completely bonkers like just like, it does not exist could not have existed thing but uh, this was a time when human and neanderthals and humans we know like from real history that there was a period where neanderthals and homo sapiens were like fighting for space like there were they coexisted they warred and neanderthals didn't make it but how they are doing it here is that neanderthals um were this slightly more like stronger faster almost like slightly more magical versions of humans who did not want to farm they wanted to live as hunter gatherers within their own tribes and they didn't want to mingle with the humans and what the humans wanted was to expand or not all humans like there is a small group of Hashtag. humans from different <laughs> tribes yeah exactly not all humans <laughs> <laughs> and that's really the core thing with this drama you have like this these like I don't know five or six tribes um, who have formed a union okay and each tribe has its own head the union also has a head and they have figured out farming and then there is one tribe I think the Asa tribe which is like the spiritual head of like and they do magic and shit Oh, sorry. Um, and uh, then they have like this one tribe which has figured out how to make bronze weapons. And like this is, mind you, Stone Age for the rest of the world. And um, just, yeah, so it's fantasy for a reason. <laughs> the thing is that this, this core group of tribes who have figured out farming are like, we need to advance fast. So how do we do it? We get slaves. So they go raiding and they sort of like gather up hunter-gatherer uh, tribes and they bring them back to their city. Um, and it's like proper, like it's, it's forts and castles, right? And so which might be one of the, another reason it's, it's being, you know, they, the, the 
sets are being criticized because the stone walls, like the insides of the forts are very much the medieval European type of uh, okay. setting. Yeah. But it doesn't matter. It's not based on Korean history. Right. Technically, it's it's beyond that. It's thousands of years before that. It's a totally fantasy-based time, which was not... It doesn't have to be culturally correct. Mm. Anyway. Because it's so, like made up. It's Yeah, it's like pure it's fantasy. Yeah. Exactly. So apart from those aspects, like, are you enjoying the story? I am. But let me just finish on one other comparison. Oh, it, sure, it's just sorry. that if... Of, all the various things that I've been reading that people are pointing out that this matches this and this matches that. You know what actually has a similarity? Um, so there was this blockbuster, like, there was a two-part of blockbuster that came out a few years ago in India, uh, Bahubali 1 and Bahubali 2. And there was this uh, storyline that kind of starts with this baby boy being brought from, um, so there is this kingdom on top of a cliff and nobody can come down from the cliff, but then somebody does in desperation, makes their way down the cliff, and it's like thousands of feet high. Okay, it's like insane. And they make their way down, and then they, the boy grows up in a tiny tribal village, sort of like down there, and people down there don't know how to go up. So they don't know who inhabits the space above. They just know the Great Wall. The Great Wall has been like sort of like a, a, a thing for them, that is insurmountable. Mm-hmm. And the boy grows up wanting to go up that wall. That's his ambition. That is a lot like what happens here with uh, Song Jung Ki's character, uh, Yoon Song. Yoon Song is brought down from that wall. From up, up. He was born on top. He's brought down below. And he grows up in this tribe, sort of like adopted by this tribe. And he grows up there and he knows that he needs to go back up. And if anything, I would be like making comparisons with Bahubali here. But it doesn't matter just because an element of it is similar to something, some other fantasy genre story that does not mean a thing. Okay, rant over. How I love the story (laughs) is just, I love it so much. I Okay, look, fantasy done well is a, a, a matter of like pride for me. Like humans have so much creativity in their brains and I just I I I'm I admire the brains that came up with this simply because they have they're commenting on so many different things. One is the whole slave trade thing. Like every advancement made by the union, the tribes, the the tribal union you have who live on top of that cliff. Um, they are raiding and pillaging and bringing back slaves and it's on the back of those slaves that they are creating these enormous Uh, contraptions Mm. like they managed to get down that cliff by making slaves do the labor for them so it's 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 making those comments so and and yonsom's entire arc is that his tribe gets kidnapped i suppose and, and taken up to that land and he has to go rescue them and that's his arc but that's not the end of it. There, is, there are also destinies at play. There are magical forces. There are prophecies. There are legends and myths. And the, the heroes here are superstitious. There are things that they believe in. Um, Tanya, who is played by Kim Ji-won, um, she is clearly uh, Yeon Som's love interest. But also, she has her own destiny. She's been brought up believing that she's going to be the, the head shaman of her tribe. But she doesn't have any of the shamanistic 
things that are the signs that should have happened by now have not happened for her so she questions her own destiny so she has her own arc she gets kidnapped with her tribe but then they manage to free themselves so she has to figure out how to survive in a new place that, and that she does not understand at all because her tribe is like a hunter gatherer tribe whereas now she's been brought into a city where there are merchants by the way as an aside there was this hilarious moment and i love these people for trying to be inclusive and bringing in like people from various parts of the world so there is one moment when yunsom is entering the the thriving sort of like fort city and there are like merchants from various parts of the world like and this is almost like silk road era okay because anyway so there is this dude so speaking they don't in hindi have a handle on their time periods basically. yeah exactly this dude is speaking in hindi all right oh, and nice. which is fine That's and cool. he's basically <laughs> saying move move the horses like it's it's time for my business you're delaying me that's fine but then he says are ghore ko side karo yaar and side is an english word <laughs> 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 Oh, oh man! Anybody read his dialogues? Did he just have to come up with it himself? Yeah, it's true. They just it's, like told him, like you know, just like do something in your language. I, mean, I loved it. I know that I practically nobody else would notice it, but like for me, it was like an Easter egg, and I'm like, ah, that's kind of okay. great though. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's great and and it, and it gets it keeps getting better so you know that the it's divided i think into two or three parts i've just watched the first part i think i, I i'm one episode short of the ending of the first part and yonsom here has come into the city fort city he's trying to figure out the current politics in it and there are because there are various tribes they're all vying for the position of the the head of the union but the one who ends up there is this guy called tagon played by um uh, jang dongun whom i haven't seen before but he's amazing here and Did he you watch is suits? i have not watched soup oh no no suits suits, suits. that's what you suits. watched Oh, yeah. this this was the guy from Suits. Yeah, he does not look. He does not look <laughs> anything no, like that. Wigs and makeup, right? And furs. <laughs> I guess, but also he's buffed up. He's an like dude's actor. got like he's buff, yeah. <laughs> so his character and also Yunsom's character, they are hybrids. They are Neanderthal and human hybrids, which is something that humans look down on and kill on sight. and but tagon has become a very powerful man in the union and yunsom has figured out his his truth so he's trying to like it's it's very interesting watching yunsom who's like at least 15 years younger than tagon trying to figure out politics he's a very young boy he's always been like living amongst forests and stuff and he's come into this city state and he's trying to figure out the politics of the place so he can save his tribe so he can get them out of slavery safe and bring them home but he doesn't know anything about strategizing however the way he is he's slowly starting to enjoy the game of of you know like sort of like the the he's he's trying to do something and it's failing but he's learning from it and next time he's doing it better so it's it's fun to watch and then just in the recent episode they introduced another another character which i can't go into because that would be too much of a spoiler however my point is that i am loving everything and and one of the things that you really love about this drama is that every character they have a lot of characters easily like over 2 dozen characters who actually have each of them have character arcs and because they know that you would forget them every time they come on screen they flash the name nice and it's very helpful <laughs> it's super <laughs> helpful i wish every saga did that 
everyone and then they come back home and then they are celebrating sort of like brotherhood and friendship and family the same people are doing it mm. and they are showing this in like really stark scenes like this dude who has like they, you you are seeing sort of like brotherly bonding with other soldiers of this guy and then they go to this village to gather slaves and he cuts down a child that's the first thing he does but but then then afterwards he he has scenes with his fellow soldiers and he's laughing with them and he there is camaraderie they are joking but you cannot forget that scene and it's mm-hmm. just i i love it i love when they do things like this and just because it's so human and it's just so real and yeah. yeah the best yeah. the best fantasy tells us things about our real world that we might not have wanted to hear otherwise so yeah and as a final comment the last thing that really helps this drama is because they've really thought through the back stories of each character it's very clear from every scene that happens from every exchange of dialogue that there are years and years of history behind these characters interacting and you don't know the history but at some point snippets of those histories might be brought forward and revealed to you so you know that's yeah. that's cool <laughs> okay so <laughs> what else we got <laughs> so next we have another it's like we've all decided to watch a few things by ourselves and taking it on so next we have Saya with Abyss it's more that we started watching it and couldn't drop it but should have uh, I actually <laughs> never started Abyss so. <laughs> well so you remember how I said last month that you know it was kind of cracktastic like mm. it was an utter mess but somehow compelling still Well, it remained an utter mess. And that's it. <laughs> um okay. <laughs> that was quick. <laughs> no, oh gosh, it's it was such a frustrating watch. Um like all of the the things I said last time about, you know, all of my criticisms about it still um still stand. But And like I was watching the last couple of episodes thinking why am I still watching this because I actually hate it. <laughs> um but like I wanted to know what happens. Like do you remember um you probably don't it's been a while. But the, um I said that the last thing that had happened the last time we talked was that the the marble the abyss had fallen into the serial killer's hands. Yeah. And so that was yeah. going to be like it was this like amazing twist which was going to make things so interesting. It didn't. Yeah. It basically <laughs> the abyss went out of the picture along with the serial killer and then you just had it was like the first the, the middle chunk of episodes were all pointless repetitive practically filler and the abyss was not there like the entire cons- like the the conceit of the drama was this life restoring marble mm. and it was just gone and they were just you had this you know this chebol ceo running around um pretending to be a detective and a uh, murdered and re uh, revived a uh, prosecutor now tiny cute lawyer be and they're just they're both useless and ineffective and the level of stupidity was infuriating and 
everything was rubbish. What a waste. <laughs> also, I, stop I wanted no, no, no. I, I was smart here, so like I did fast forward a lot, and okay. I also just sped watched it. Like I would speed it up to like one point. Like at at one point, I just made it at double speed just to keep going through. And then like you're getting towards the end, and you like you know big climax, everything, and then they just randomly put in like you know the serial killer is on the loose. By the way, it's another serial killer. It's not the original one. There's a second one. Um, what? Yeah, exactly. Coming out of the woodwork. <laughs> yeah, I mean that was a that was a like a good twist, except you had been primed for it like three episodes ago, and they discover him and um, like unmask him and know who he is for like ten episodes or something, but they still can't catch him. And you're just like, your level of incompetence is astounding. Um, <laughs> And what's wrong with you all? And while these serial killers are running around, they're having these like deep romantic moments where like they're having their, um, just, you know, yeah, of course you can have romance in times of tragedy and all of that. But it was just so incongruous in terms of tone. Like they would have, there was a point where Park Boyong has been abducted and she's like lost in a freezer somewhere, except he doesn't know that. And the only person who can tell him where she is, is the the murderer. And he's just been like killed in a hit and run by someone else who who is is his victim also not a murder victim but a victim of his uh, crimes. Um, so there he is lying like you know on a dock with his brains bleeding out. And what does um, what's his name do? He's like, oh no, I have to revive him. Look, you have a marble <laughs> that can bring people back to life. Okay, if your girlfriend dies, it's fine. You can revive her with the marble. Look for her slowly. Let the dude who's killing all the people die. It's okay. And if she dies, you can just revive her. That's the whole point. And uh, it was but so she annoying. might come back not so pretty, no? No, 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 because at this point, they will only come back, like, they come back in the form of their soul. After your first death, she, like, this oh, that's is convenient. that she will be, I'm she will have forever. I'm tired just listening to this. I have yeah. to be honest. And okay, it was I very, have, I have one so question. Repetitive. Yeah, go on. I, I have one, they never go back to their original bodies, do they? No. So what was the freaking point of setting up that conflict to begin with? Well, in like, episode the whole, 15, like, pretty person not wanting to be with the person who's not considered to be, like, good-looking well it kind of it kind of inverted that so the idea there was that oh you know now the ugly one is hot and the hot one is ugly uh you know in drama land except there were none of them ever ugly so (laughs) there there was one uh like very saving saving grace which is um ishian who is always amazing and stole the show he was brilliant like beginning to end he was great Oh, so, so good. There was that. And also there was like they did introduce this fun element with like um so when Pagboyan came back in like her what is it called girl next door body the not non glamorous non hot one. Yeah. yeah. So she actually came back resembling a sombe of hers and yeah you know so it set up this whole you know like it had a ready identity for her to take up but what happens is later in the drama th- uh, that character actually turns up again except she's gone and had plastic surgery right she- right so she actually doesn't look like that anymore yeah so she doesn't look like Pak Boyong anymore she's someone else so she and uh Ishiyun, they were just they provided really good 
the, the best parts of the drama to me. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was it was exhausting. I do not recommend watching. Like it was such a, uh, it was so repetitive. Like you know, it was a bloated drama. It did not need. It could have done everything in six episodes, and everything else was pointless. Oh, that's such a. It's so bad when you just feel like they're wasting your time. Well, luckily for me, I have learned to fast forward. I'm proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Can we move on to the secret life of my secretary? Yes, let's. And I'm so happy with the ending. Like, I, I here's the thing. Uh, we can discuss um, certain issues with the plot and uh, plot. Yeah, but <laughs> the what, the thing that I love the best and the thing that made this drama memorable, like the entire drama played out and I loved it. All of that stuff was fine. But the reason the ending made the drama memorable for me is because they didn't go back on his disability. They didn't just miraculously make him okay. I cannot tell you how much, because suddenly throughout the drama, from the moment our hero got his uh, like injury, that uh, yeah, face blindness, I just assumed that at the end of it, he would be cured. Something would happen, the clip would move back or something. They would come up with a miraculous surgery that has 5% chance of survival and he'll do it anyway because he's an idiot. So, like, you know, as happens in most dramas, it just, for me, the stakes weren't that high. So when they were making these, they, they had these romantic scenes where he couldn't see her face. And I was like, eh, fine, but, you know, you'll be able to see her face eventually. Eh, fine, you, you're sad right now. You can't see your friends or your competitors, but you'll be able to see it eventually. But then the drama ends and he still can't. And suddenly the, the story that I watched, it just has more depth automatically. Now that I think back on his struggles, like how like the way he dealt with it, how he was falling in love with a woman whose face he couldn't see and how he waited for moments when his pressure would be up and for moments when he would be able to, you know, see and just, just see clearly and he would run around looking for her so he could glimpse her face. Now those things have significance because for once the drama didn't go back. I mean, for me, my God. Yeah. I mean, A, like, yes, totally. 100%. Like that moment when I realized that this is the last scene and like, he's, this is, they're really doing this. I was really happy, but I, I actually cried at that moment, but I was there with him throughout the whole thing. Like from the moment where he was like, oh, I'm never going to be able to see people's faces again. I was there with him and I was feeling it with him and it had the emotional impact. And all those scenes like that you mentioned had the emotional impact because I was so invested in his character. And I, I was actually pretty confident that they weren't going to go back on it until like the last episode where he goes and he's like, my girlfriend's not eating anything. What do I do? And he's like, I talked to that doctor in the States. I was like, oh, I hope they're not. So then I got a little worried. But before that, I was like, oh, they're, they're actually going to stick with this. Because you had scenes where, like, like, I loved that scene in episode 15 where they're getting ready for the, for the, um, the vote at the executive board meeting for the president. Yeah. And he's, like, yeah. she, she's kind of, like, giving him a pep talk. Um, and he's, like, I don't know if I have the right to be the president. Like, I, you know, maybe I don't have the right to be in this position. She was, like, everybody has a flaw. But if somebody doesn't you know, so if somebody thinks less of you because of your disability, that just means that they're not worthy. And 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 that and, the, and that those were the words that her mom said to her brother when he was first becoming blind when he was a little boy. Like that choked me up, and I was 
I mean, I loved that moment. And then in the final scene, when uh, Minik is talking to Jungi, um, Gali's older brother, and he, and asking him like, how does he kind of get through life? And he was like, oh, my mom told me once, like, don't forget about all the things you have just because of the things that you've lost. And I was like, yeah, that's so. Mm. Like it's a like they're simple sentiments, but they're not yeah. usually. I mean. This is the real life stuff that we don't usually get in these dramas because everyone has to be magically healed and fixed and, you know, perfect and normal and like where stars land, you know? Oh, I just boy. loved it. Yeah. I just loved it. I loved how the ending was the happy ending for them was that like he got this hope that once in a while he's going to be able to see her and yeah. they'll just live for those like small miracles. And I Can I like, yeah. say one thing? As a person yeah. not watching this drama, <laughs> sure. Um, like, I was just thinking about this um, about the um, what the depiction of disability in dramas and the the times when we thought, "Wow, this was really amazing," because they let them stay, you know, whatever they were. And I was thinking that they tend to let them stay sick for invisible illnesses or psychological ones and when it comes to things that have a physical manifestation those ones they mm. cure and I just I found that interesting yeah that's a good point usually they, the the way drama arcs work they do treat physical illnesses as an absolute no-no it has to go away you cannot have a hero continue to be disabled in any way if it's like obvious but mm. with mental but illnesses, have, yeah. they often make the make the cure part of the character's journey. Like the character finds love and also cure. That seems to be like... Or the they don't get cured. Like think of things like, you know, I'm not a robot or uh, it's, a, uh, it's okay, it's love. Uh, they don't yeah, get cured. But see, I, I, I actually disagree with you about I'm not a robot. I know they said he wasn't cured, but the way they showed it... it it, it was, seemed like it he was, yeah. Okay, let's, that let's, he was almost. Let's yeah. talk yeah. about something like it's okay, um, it's love instead. Oh, I mean, yeah. any, yes, me, that, me that as well. an exception. Any of those dramas where they have a character that has, you know, some kind of psychological illness, uh, me, mental me illness, did sort of cure him though. Did uh, I don't feel they did because I, they made like they they like I get what you're saying about making it make basically they can function pretty much as if they're not sick most of the time but they they do yeah, make but a even point. if these are cases in which they only cure the invisible illness like how often are a like how often are these leads even allowed to have some kind of disability in the first place and and then on top of that it's very rare for them to mm. even be cured no, i agree with you Saya. like if it's right. if it's a visible illness they would definitely yeah. not not let it stay yeah. And with invisible illnesses, they would at least like in as in case of uh, I'm not a robot, they would say that, you know, that there are th this is the reason I can function now, but it's not completely gone away. So, yeah, th they, they would not do that in case of an of a, of a physical disability. For instance. I, I agree with you. But uh, one of the reasons my secretary stands out is because they disassociated the disease from this guy's romantic arc. Yeah. Him falling in love is yeah. in no way a cure for his disease. And that is just so 
it it's i don't i think it's almost unprecedented i don't i don't know it also has yeah. nothing to do with his motivations for staying or leaving the president's exactly visit, which i also loved mm-hmm. it has nothing to do with his work life he just had that one moment of doubt but other than that like that was a totally other thing it had nothing to do with his disability yeah so of course you know i mean um, so towards the end when he decides to help out the secretaries on strike like on oh my god strike i have so many things to say about this but you go ahead first cool i have an issue with uh, the reason he did what he did in the end like it was not because he empathized with secretaries or even understood how his company had been unfair his motivation seemed to be solely because his girlfriend wasn't eating for 3 days and she had a cold so he needed to stop that somehow so he decided to help out the secretaries as well because yeah i guess they had been treated unfairly yeah that was really yeah i did not like anything to do with anything about the secretary storyline like why is why is the evil secretary nuna being let off as though she's some like noble savior that it was only misunderstood i'm sorry you instigated attempted murder Why is the why is the butler not the butler sorry the driver okay he's in jail but like we're supposed to feel bad for him and like he's crying and they're having this little moment in the jail I'm like no you don't deserve any sympathy like you're bad yeah, dude like, was waving around a knife he wasn't doing that because he didn't want to use it yeah I like know they what? completely retconned his character like he was totally a villain in the first however many episodes yeah they changed it so do you think it had anything to do with the secretary who vanished disappeared from the script like maybe. i'm thinking they changed the maybe. script somehow yeah that's yeah but i also feel like they always have meant to redeem the nuna and like the whole thing with like the mother dying because of the fish and like it was all so stupid like it's like all on, on the one hand i am willing to uh, stretch my a sense of ridiculousness enough to accept that fair enough you would be angry if somebody uh got killed because they were trying to save their boss's pet on the other hand why are you so stupid why would you do this why right. would you why would you do this like what it's just bad um, writing it's just bad writing like all of that was crap but i didn't care because i loved gali and minik i loved veronica and yeah. and she was just amazing and deju was actually pretty cool by the end too like all the four leads were just great and there were so many cute moments yeah. there were so many adorable yeah, veronica and deju was so cute veronica herself just like for the first um i think eight episodes or so i wasn't really super into the main lead cuz i am not into um any of these storylines where one of the leads is lying to the other i i really hate it so i i am i was not into it and and i really liked minik's character here so that was just it was bugging me even more but veronica was a saving grace like the moment she was introduced i i i kept watching the drama for glimpses of her her character and her character actually had depth which was so great yeah she was awesome uh, anisa you like uh, the actor playing um dominic right um i like his acting a lot Um, you, as a person, yeah. Oh, you mean the medic interview he gave back in like twenty? 20- Kim Young Kwan. Yeah, Kim Young Kwan. Right. Yes. Yeah. So one of our listeners, uh, Shosha, uh, wrote to us, um, and she was she's she's enjoy she was enjoying uh, Secret Life for My Secretary, but so she had a question for us. 
which was, um, do you ladies ever have actors or actresses you feel a way about because of something they have said in real life, like interviews or variety shows? That is the way I kind of feel about Kim Young Kwang. Um, so watching his work is always difficult. And what he had said was um, a few years ago uh, during an interview, he said, um, and this is a translation that I'm reading out. I've said this in almost every interview, uh, whether they be male or female, I like them to be pretty. I know that it's not necessary to say these things, but I look at someone's physical appearance and say, I don't like that person. I don't think they'll match me. Then my friends are like, Kyung, you're really mean. There's a difference between people who are just complete scumbags and people who are kind of a little bit distasteful. As in people who have opinions that are mm, weird or you're just like, no, that's not okay. Because, for example, um, like I no longer watch Pakshi Hu dramas mm-hmm. um, and yeah. I can't go back and watch dramas that I loved um, that he was in. Same with Yu Chun. Because they're just reprehensible in a way that you cannot reconcile with. I mean, because the question, I mean, didn't we talk about this in Men Behaving Badly as well? The, the question yeah. of the art and the artist. And like, to me, because to me, the art is a result of something the artist is doing. Like the artist is the origin of the art. So it taints the art if the artist is corrupt. I know where um, Torsha is coming from because especially when I heard about that interview first, I was like, ah, get out of my face, dude. Like, that's gross. You know, like, why are you being like that? But also there's room to grow out of it. But it's also been six years since that interview. He got a lot of backlash for that interview. Do I know if he's grown and changed as a person? We don't know. I don't know. Yeah. There's like a difference. Yeah. Yeah. I think also there's a difference between somebody who's like, a dangerous person for women to be around and who's like causing harm and like raping people as opposed to someone who's just mean a jerk yeah Yeah. and I've never I've never like had I've never thought of celebrities and actors and people in entertainment as like moral standards for myself to look up to and I've always known that their persona is fake Mm. so like it's not a matter of like either you're an angel and I love you versus like you're a horrifying psychopath and I never want to see you again. There's kind of a spectrum and a gradient. And I think, yeah, I think and there's a point case, where you cross. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think all of us have a different line. Maybe, mm. maybe for some people, I know for a fact that for some people, even sexual assault is a lot is not a line for them. And they're still fine with like watching that person's stuff. For me personally, I cannot do that. I, I couldn't either. Yeah. Yeah. For me, I haven't seen this actor in too many things, just Pinocchio and this. So um, and was he in Pinocchio. Oh yeah, he was. Yeah, he was, in Pinocchio. He was. <laughs> yeah, that's right. he, he was very cute in Pinocchio. But and I did not know anything about um, what he had said. You, have before you not I, seen White Christmas? I I'm so sorry. I just watched the first episode and I haven't <laughs> gotten beyond that. He's like he's so, got real charisma as like whatever he does. He he has an incredible kind of charisma, especially the darker the character is. Like in Lookout, he was like he absolutely nailed oh, that. That was incredible performance. Mm-hmm. I mean, his talent and his star power is not being contested. Yeah. Clearly he has it. No, so my, my point being that because the question that Shosha had asked wasn't specific to this actor, she just said that how do you feel about actors or actresses? Do you have any that you can't, you know, 
watch like with like neutral feelings once they have said something in interviews or variety shows and um i didn't know this about him and now that i have read this and it, this is true for many other actors or actresses um that once i i read something like this or hear them say stupid shit like this like I, i'm going to hear about a project they're doing and i'm not going to look forward it because they are in it i might watch it because the premise is good but i am not going to Okay, yeah, you can sit on my lap. Um, <laughs> Battle of the cats. <laughs> but I'm not going to specifically watch it because they are in it. Like I, I have actors whose projects I'll watch because I like them as people as well. Like I mm. like their performance, and I don't know, or rather, I don't know any any harm of them. Mm. They I haven't mean. said anything stupid publicly, yeah. And yeah. so, because of their good performance and the fact that they haven't said anything stupid publicly, mm. I can actually look forward to projects because they are in it. I agree with you. There are actors who are just like they just seem like lovely people. Um, like who's that one who's been? The one who like consistently keeps speaking out for refugees' rights, and he's an amazing actor. Like I love him. I just love him because of that. Like it gave me that like extra little Jungwoo Sung. That's his name. It gives me an extra bit of like happiness when I see his face. But then there are other actors who like only know their work. If they're good at acting, if I see them in a project, I'll be happy because they're good at their job, right? So, and then there's some people who are like, eh, you're kind of a trashy person. But I'll watch you. And then in other cases, like the trash is so high that like you're not willing to watch them. <laughs> yeah. I can't think of another actor. Uh, like I mean, you know, K actors are very uh, what is it called? Restrained about what very exactly they. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So there's it's kind of uh, an exception for a comment like this to sort of slip anyway. And again, this kind of it's also reflective of the the society values as well, isn't it? If you were talking about you know the perfume and that kind mm. of image shaming and body shaming like it's an acceptable opinion for him to have like i remember when that came out and i engaged in sort of the fandom conversation at that time um and people were like well so you know what's the problem with that i'm the same um and the thing is like you had a lot of honesty from people in that they were like yeah i do that too but it wasn't the kind of good honesty it was a kind of yeah and what's the problem with that mm. so yeah. It was an interesting conversation and I think with Kim Yong-won I'm kind of over it now because it has been a long time and I've seen Lookout since so it's like and one hopes that in 6 years he would have grown out I of I hope so like yeah I mean it's not like he was a little kid back then he's what he's like 31 years old so even back then he was 25 so but yeah I like you guys said I don't think there's like a really solid line and sometimes it's just on your gut feeling you know I think that's okay We're watching this for entertainment after all. If somebody doesn't make you happy, like why are you watching watch them? them. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, thanks okay. for that question, Georgia. Okay. Now, <laughs> so it's WWW. So, Parama, well, you you want to start talking about this cuz I've been kind of hogging the mic. You haven't, but yeah, sure. I I love it. I was a little bit slower to fall in love than I think some other people were because Let's be real. The directing can be a little obnoxious at times. Like it's it's very self-indulgent. But everything else is so great that I don't care. At this point, I'm like whatever. So you use a lot of like dreamy Instagram filters on the romantic scenes, like it's okay. 
I think the romantic camera angles you're talking about, the soft focus, close-ups, the diffuse lights, the weird swinging camera uh, motion, it's just all of those things are almost exclusively kept for the romantic scenes. And for the rest of the drama, it's like they have a different cinematographer altogether. Right, which is why <laughs> because it's so, everything like, is very jarring. clipped and like it, and and the angles are awesome. Like just. They, they, have, they have those generally especially when the women are like facing off with each other or, or just the camera actually does a really good job of like ramping up the tension Agreed. but the moment the, the uh, Park Mogan comes into the scene Tammy's entire world seems to suddenly dissolve and become go out of focus and jazz music starts playing in the background. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying that I don't know what the director is going for. I just, I'm <laughs> saying it doesn't really always work for me because it's so drastic. It never works for me. Yeah, the thing is that the romance is really not a primary plot point for me here. And I wish the romance would just stop or go away. I don't... I like, actually just don't mind mind. the romance. I just feel like it's taking place in a different drama because of the direction. Yeah, right. It's a totally different drama altogether. Because the main drama that we are watching is amazing. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, these three women, they are so cool, man. All three of them are power brokers. Their decisions change how search engines work in their country. They, They are so smart and they are... They're balancing each other out. They're arguing with each other. They keep, they're keeping each other in moral check. And maybe it's a wish fulfillment, but like this is the kind of wish fulfillment fantasy I want to watch. So oh my I don't God, yes. you, you know what the thing is? That this thing has been tagged as a fantasy. So you have comments <laughs> in different uh, web portals trying to figure out which, which aspect of this is fantasy. The fact mm. that there are three power-broken women who are like, Sort of frenemies not only, and like just, not only that the three the three main women then the ceo of unicorn um apparently oh. the, the head office in the u.s is head by a black woman that was awesome yeah um the yeah, evil ceo uh chairman with the white hair that's like moving all the chess pieces is yeah, that's also, a mother-in-law yeah, yeah and she's like scary as heck like she <gasps> is terrified right? Yeah, so I mean, like, all of the main actors that would normally be... Oh, and, and it never feels forced. Like, no. it, there are so many dramas where when you have um, a lot of women in the cast, sometimes it almost feels like they are... They, they, they could have... like How do I put it? They, they could have cast a man, but instead they cast a woman. That there is no... It's not that they were trying to be neutral. It was yeah. tokenism. Yeah, it's but either that kind of tokenism or it's like a stereotypical, like two-dimensional, um, strong female character, quote unquote. Yeah, no exactly. Dimension. Yeah, exactly. Whereas these women, it feels like they had walked their way up the rung, the, the ladder of, of, of the corporate world. It feels like it's just incidental that all of these powerful positions are filled with women. And it's not like they are just women. There are plenty of men around and they are important, but it's not. But the story that we are being told are from the perspective of these specific women. Yeah. So it's not like they are the only power brokers in their world, but they are important in what they're doing. The, their job, uh, the, the, I mean, their decisions are very important and often they are the most powerful players and they are the smartest ones. Yes. Yeah. And not only that, what I realized while you were saying this is that usually 
even though like, you know, we talk a lot about how K-dramas are mostly written by women and we're getting women's stories, but even then, yeah. like you usually get, you know, like the heroine's perspective and the hero's perspective. And it's kind of like an equal, yeah. you know, we get the story from both of their sides until eventually by the end of the drama, both of them are kind of looking at everything from the same perspective and it kind of- Yeah, and they have a childhood book, right. like back story. <laughs> well, not necessarily that, but I'm just saying like in terms of their <laughs> point, like- it merges almost the same way that like they as they fall in love and become one so does like yeah. storytelling um which works well especially if it's the romance is the main idea but like here even though there's a romance the main perspective is these women it's mostly actually between Tommy and um Hyun you know like it's like a rom-com but of their friendship like they're the ones who got the meet cute they're the ones who like Sparks fly the first time they meet. They're arguing with each other. They're bickering. They're getting closer. They're starting to understand. They have problems with the way the other person does things. They fight. They make up. They call each other when they're in a bad spot. I love it. I love yeah. it. It's the main relationship in this drama. Yeah, oh, I'm from like a side player. Yeah, yeah, I don't even know what, what like, uh, am, am I supposed to be rooting that hard for Tammy's relationship with Park Mogan? I mean, he's... Yeah, like, he's cute, but sometimes he gives me serial killer vibes, so I don't know. <laughs> How does he always turn up exactly when she is, she she needs, like, support? I mean, he just turns up, like, Jack in the box. I mean, like, how? How does he always know where she Especially is? Especially when she's in like an area that has no cell signal and she can't call. Exactly. Like, and she can't take his call, but he turns up. How? What's, does he have a GPS tracker on her? Like, how? So that was weird. Anyway. But- yeah, that is weird. But, uh, yeah, oh, but in, in the most recent episode, though, I feel a little better about Park Mogan because he's acting like an actual 20 year old in love. Like, sorry, 20 yeah. year old I in think- love me. I think episode yeah, 7 was, was actually my favorite for all the oh characters. My gosh. Aww. I totally agree. Hyun is um, life. I love Hyun. Oh my god, Hyun is just... I mean, Idahi has been... Uh, I have loved her since, like, I hear your voice. Agree. But she is just... In the last year and then again this last year when she was in that one, the one with the other... Uh, Emin Ki drama. Oh, I didn't watch that, but I remember you saying that she was really good. The beautiful, uh, something, beauty, uh, beauty inside. Yeah, I remember you saying that you really liked her in there. Because she was this, again, this powerful CEO who fell in love with this younger man who who hasn't figured out his career yet. So he's he's jobless, basically. And she's basically the Chebol heir in love with like the candy, you know, the the young candy guy. So great. So and it was and and it's not like she ever abused her power or anything like that over over him. She's very respectful of him and his decisions and all of that stuff. So it it's like, you know, the cheaper candy thing done without the power imbalance thing becoming a factor. Mm. So it's I really loved her character there. And she she was doing that cold chebol who who can't like who ha- is not in touch with her feelings. That that, that guy that that's what she she was playing the typical those those second lead. Type, yeah, um, it's it's great to see that as a woman, like male second lead. Like yeah. in any other drama, she would have been the main male mm. second lead. I I loved her character there. And here, this character is like the it's like the what the role that she's been waiting to play for like the last five years. It's so great. I wish she was the lead. Like I'm, I really like the actress playing Tammy, but I don't think that she. Like her character is interesting, and also her her moral dilemma, like the way she. 
So okay, uh, 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 let's let move away from Irai for a second and talk about Tami because she's supposedly the main character from uh, the three in the, uh, mm. like yeah um, amongst the three women. So Tami's character is interesting. Like she has always been like the one who's checking her son babe Kagyong. And while Gagyong was treading the path of corporate greed and being manipulated by her evil mother-in-law into doing more and more shitty things, Tami was trying to counter those things by keeping her in check. And then finally, Gagyong turns against her. So Tami leaves the company, Unicorn, goes to Baro, where she her frenemy is uh, Cha Hyun, played by Idahi. And Cha Hyun is this interesting morally upright very smart but also in some aspects very innocent like she she has a temper and she has a very strong sense of justice hmm. so where tammy thought that she was the morally correct one back in unicorn because she was keeping her sunbe in check here tam here tammy is being kept in check by by uh, cha hyun's um, you know moral uprightness yeah. when tammy sta- starts to try and do something too manipulative cha hyun comes and stops her and and the the good thing about tammy is that she listens to cha hyun which gagyong had stopped listening to um, tammy because gagyong just couldn't I, I think her character is very interesting too yeah she's fascinating and her relationship with her husband is also fascinating oh my god you i know cannot I'm, breathe I really for this. i'm just like oh my gosh it's it's great there's so much tension it's delicious right? and i when he reaches out to her and she's like, like he he asks her to go somewhere with him and she's like no i'm too tired and he's like fine you know go rest and i'm like dude he's reaching out to you you just spend some time with him I don't know what their history is. Like, maybe he deserves to be rebuffed, but like, I feel for him in those moments. It seems like it's just a sort of like contract marriage. It's yeah. not a, not one where they had feelings for each other. But over time, he seems to have developed feelings for her. And somebody had this speculated that it's possible that those the pictures that Gagyong had been sent of her husband with you know another woman yeah uh, that is most likely sent by the husband trying to make her jealous i and i think that's actually a credible speculation i also saw someone speculating that it was sent by the mother-in-law because the mother-in-law doesn't want them to actually Ooh, fall in love because then she won't be able shit. to manipulate gagyang in the way that she wants that, which i also, also i think possible. that's like more believable because i think he doesn't want to hurt her in any way like he wants no to he keeps trying her. to protect her even yeah. at the cost of other people like yeah. the 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 thing with Tammy that happened and my god i loved it when Tammy confronted oh him my gosh. and then Chaehyun came they had like the baseball bats and From they like beginning to end and then the way she like gives him his words back and like the most and his throws his money monster. back in his face yes. oh my god that was so satisfying yeah i think what i really like about Tammy is like she took me a little while because she's so um She's so like no nonsense and she doesn't show her feelings on her face necessarily. And she kind of is very, just kind of like very internal with everything. And so it takes yeah. her a while to like open up. Um, and she doesn't have a problem confronting people either. So like, I love her personality because you kind of got to know her slowly, you know, like as time passes, she's revealing herself to us as a main character. And you normally don't get that because normally like, you know, you meet the main character She's an open book. And even if she's not an open book, you get a little voiceover at the end telling you her life story and everything about her. Yeah. 
Um, and then you're like 100% in her perspective, but like we're in her perspective, but we're slowly getting to know who she is as a person. Um, and she's like a difficult person. And I love that. Like she's not, you know, a squishy candy, like, yeah, I just, I just love it. All of them are kind of like difficult to be around in certain ways, but it's just fascinating to see them interact. So, and especially with Chahyeon's love for drama. Oh my just, god! Oh my god, that's the most endearing thing. Oh, uh, everything about it. Like in the beginning, when we just saw her like getting excited while she was watching the Mukjang dramas and how they would like get her through her days, and then like yeah. the fact that she's like looking up the actor's name and being like, "Oh, why isn't this agency?" And then like the way that they meet, and then the scenes in like the hospital. Yeah, oh, he's so such a sweet guy, and I love I this. Be. Like he plays this evil character in the drama, but he turns out to be such a sweet. Like he's almost innocent in the way he looks at the world. Yeah, that is so cool. But he's also like perfect for her, even though like yeah. when he says that he doesn't want his phone to be mixed with his TV and his computer, she's like, "Oh my god, blasphemy!" <laughs> you just see it on her face. She's like, "What?" Yeah. <laughs> And she's like, he hands her the one of those those flip phones, and yeah. she's like, "Did did we enter a time slip?" <laughs> I love that it's a drama metaphor for her. It's the first thing yeah. she finds. Oh, it's so great. Uh, Did we call yeah. Saya back? She's like, "Wait, yeah. so she doesn't get spoiled." Hello. Hey. Hello. We finished talking about search www. <laughs> you sounded like you're having lots of fun. We were having fun, and you can listen to it once you've, like, caught up, because it's really good, and you have to watch it. So you're actually up next with Beautiful World. Okay, so Beautiful World, this actually finished a while back. So Beautiful World, I think I talked about the premise last time, and I think I said last time that it was very, like, intense and heavy and difficult to watch. Yeah. I feel like at the end of this that though I have not watched Just Between Lovers, like how you felt at the end of that is how I feel at the end of this. Ah. Like it, it's really a, a truly exceptional drama. And for me, I would say it is definitely, if not the best drama of the year so far, it would be in the top one, top two or three. Though, of course, like whether I would recommend it or not, it just it I, I would recommend it, but you might people might not be ready to watch it. It is very, very difficult in terms of the material, the content, and like how painful it can be. But also, once you get into it, the hardest part of the pain is in the beginning. So once you get past the first four episodes, then it's like it gets into its sort of mystery, suspense, human melodrama stage. And it's just, oh my God, the cliffhangers on this show are so brutal that for the first time since I've hit my 30s, I did a drama all nighter, <laughs> like completely unintentionally. But it was just like, get to the end of the episode. I was like, oh my God, it's like streaming with like tears and pain and like oh what's happening. And <laughs> I feel, I kind of feel that way about the Sky Castle cliffhangers, except I can't marathon it because I'm watching it with my mom and sister. Torturous. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I actually was thinking that it sounds like it might be quite similar-ish. So that's like next in my list of 20 dramas that I want to watch immediately. Mm, you will <laughs> love it. You will love it. But it's like, as a thriller, it's amazing. Like the pace, there was not one second of excess in this show. Like every moment of it counted. Like 
the main characters, Chujoyeon and Pakisun, the parents and the sister, because remember the the whole thing is around Namdarim's accident and like he's in a coma for most right, of the time. Right. So you've got his parents and his sister who were just like desperate to find the truth about what happened. And the truth is a many layered thing that, you know, it comes out like a fingernail at a time and every revelation is somehow worse and more devastating or soul-destroying or just like mind-blowing than the one before it. But also like the contrast it sets up between the kids and the way that they handle everything and what the parents do, like how they facilitate the world that their kids are in. And like it, it just it brought up such interesting um, ideas of, you know, whether you create the monster, like do parents mm. create the monsters in their children and can they be redeemed like you know is it is a kid is a kid a monster i think that was one of the most interesting questions as well because it's easy to just say oh they're evil and that's the end of the conversation yeah. like there's no more nuance to it and it brought so much nuance to those questions because every one of these kids like there were four of sono's sono is namdarim's character sono had these four friends who you learn um quite quickly that he was bullied by victimized by um, but each of them played a different role in it and each of them has a different kind of character. And in some ways they represent like archetypes, like, you know, the, the manipulator, the puppet master, the bully, the spineless follower, the rich boy. So that they represent a type, but they also like are fully realized. Mm. And like you can see why and how they are, who they are and, and what they are. Like you can sort of chart their uh, kind of like how would you like you can map their conscience across the drama because of everything you know that is around them what their parents uh say to them how the kids tell them the stories they tell themselves about their own actions it's just it's so interesting and it was like a really fascinating commentary on like the dark side of um like you know of wealth or of poverty and like the way that wealth like would insulate you but poverty exposes you um but both of them can have that same like terrible end hmm. and yeah it was it was just it was such a good show yeah, it sounds um, incredible they clearly knew what they were doing every moment of the show. And like when you feel like the fear that you feel isn't the kind that comes from like, you know, um, what they called um, jump scares and stuff. They're, they're, it's because you are afraid of human nature. Mm. And, and the final twist just was like the worst, by which I mean the best worst. I think that's a perfect place to end it. So, I know we said that her private life did indeed end at episode 14. <laughs> it sure did. <laughs> um, although I, I didn't have a problem. I like, I enjoyed the last two episodes. I didn't find them, I guess because I was prepared for it after um, everything everyone said. But um, there was one thing I was super disappointed about. Two things, in fact. So one of them was that, what's her name again? Tungmi. It's been so long, I've forgotten the names. <laughs> we, to the end, she calls him Kunjang name. Why? Why does she do this? <sighs> yes, but at least she's not servile here. Like she was with what's wrong with Secretary Kim. Like she talks to him like an equal. But seriously, is there anything weirder than after having like, you know, had a great deal of intimacy and sleeping with him to then call him Kwanjang name? No. 
it's not right. You're not at work. I no. agree with you, but it's like a societal thing because Secret Life of My Secretary does exactly the same thing. They are dating, but she's still calling him director. She is not dating. She has just slept with him. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like for some reason it didn't bother me in, in Secret Life of My Secretary. It really bothered me. In, yeah, it in did this. still kind of bother me in her private life. Uh, the last gripe I have with it, by the way, I did love the show beginning to end. I thought every moment of it was really, really like, oh. But um, yeah, I was so yeah. disappointed that uh, Shein didn't find out that she was Shinagil. Like, that's not right. Yeah, yeah that was weird. I thought over it and I thought maybe that was the better thing because their relationship would have changed i mean they're, they're i don't supposed care to be it was the payoff i was waiting now, for right? for 16 episodes i was waiting for that payoff i did want her <laughs> recognized in some way like for because, everything she's like, done for all of the times the that boy. he said yeah all of those times that he said oh you know that he feels like she really knows him and like he genuinely valued her as a fan how happy would he have been to find out that she was there was a moment in the church when he was sitting just with Dokmi and he was sort of suspicious of her because she had, her reactions were fan-like. So he, he started asking her if she was a fan and she then she's like, no, I like White Ocean. I mean, just because I like the song doesn't mean I'm a fan. And he looked visibly relieved. So I think the show was telling us that while he liked having a devoted fan like that, he would probably not want that fan in his day-to-day life. And especially not as a sister-in-law. But, I mean, she had clearly stopped, like, seeing so, him in um, an idle way. Anyway, yeah. Yeah, but <laughs> if that had been the conflict of episode 15 and 16 instead of uh, your mom and Ben... Right? That would have been so much better. That would have been such a nice payoff. Like, in the last Yak, I was actually re-listening to it after I wrote my end-of-year, end-of-series review. And I was, like, so much... I had such better feelings about it after episode 14. Like, I loved it so much more. And, like, I feel like 15 and 16 just made me really bitter about even the things that I did like. Because it just (laughs) turned every woman in the story into a plot device for Ryan Gold's character development and his trauma and his pain and his healing. And I just was, like, so over it by the end. So that was disappointing. But up till episode 14. Just don't watch episode 15 and 16. (laughs) Although speaking of um, disappointing dramas and the drama that we no longer name, One Spring Night has been doing really well. I know none of us are watching it, but everyone is raving about it. And its ratings are like, you know, it's Yeah, it is doing really well. People seem to be really loving it. Yeah. I feel feel like someone going back to an abusive ex. I feel like I want to try it, but Uh, (laughs) talk me out of it. Saya, we, we, we just gave you a bunch of other good dramas to watch. Watch Arthur Chronicles. Watch Search WWW. Do not watch. That's true. Don't. Okay. I'm actually watching, just um, give a quick shout out to the other old show I'm watching, is I'm watching Time Between Dog and Wolf. Finally, it's a Asian key action thriller revenge thing from 2007, I think. The oh, first time he was with Nam Sang Mi. Yeah, I've heard of that one. And I've heard it's really good, but I never watched it. It's uh, also got a very young uh, Jung Kyung Ho in it. So it's like, it's pretty cool. Oh, that's right. Babies. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm trying to finish Sky Castle with my mom and sister. Don't know when that will happen. But I'll talk about it when I finish You're still it. on it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm still in the middle of Crowned Clown, which I don't know why I haven't finished. I've been waylaid by other dramas. <laughs> so, it is pretty intense. And there's a lot going on in drama. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so are you ready with the, with the Ajay gag? 
Yeah, but you're really not going to like it. Do we ever? <laughs> <laughs> you're going to dislike this one more. <laughs> okay. Given the, uh, well, it will become clear in a moment. So <laughs> my wife is leaving me because of my obsession with Star Wars. I said, may divorce be with you. Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. I love it. <laughs> okay, I got one more, one more. So an astronaut refused to return to Earth to see his girlfriend. He said he needed more space. <laughs> oh, these are good. <laughs> I and love I, how Burma is enjoying them. This month and I'm just like, uh. Hey, I don't have to guess the answers, okay? I enjoy anything. Like, oh, no. That was bad. Just so that everyone is aware, since this isn't coming out, obviously it's not um, going to be as fresh when, when this comes out. This morning, I woke up to the news that you guys sent me about uh, Song Sun couple breaking up. So, Aww. sad news. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wait, why are we ending on that note? <laughs> what? <laughs> I thought this was going somewhere. All right. Well, the the ending is be nice to each other on the internet. I'm just laughing at this one more that I'm going to read to you. So listen. Okay. Okay. I I saw a man take a gate from the bottom of my garden. I didn't say anything. I didn't want him to take offense. (laughs) I love this. (laughs) That's it. So bad. The gate is closed. Take offense. (laughs) Door is closed. We're done. Alright guys, bye guys! Bye everyone! (laughs)